following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah! Are you ready for a break? Uh, Yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Nick Eatman, David Hellman, Ambar Garcia, and Derek Eagleton. It is Wednesday, September 1st, 2021, Season 17, Episode number 15. Welcome to the latest edition of The Break. We are live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. Got Dave and Nick with me, and uh, we've got a special guest with us. We're going to get to him in just a second. Uh, just know during the show today, we got a lot to talk about. We're going to get to the 53-man roster, uh, see if there were any notable cuts that these guys need to point out. Uh, we might even talk a little bit about one Cam Newton who is uh, sitting out there as a free agent right now. We'll get to that a little later in the show. And, of course, we're going to start getting you guys ready for Cowboys versus Buccaneers. That happens next Thursday night. Uh, it opens the NFL season. Uh, and that is why our special guest is here once again this season. We're very, very proud and excited to have Bucky Brooks of NFL Network joining us uh, twice a week every week uh, to walk us through his thoughts on the opposing matchup and give us his uh, his scouting expertise. What's going on, Bucky? Hey, what's going on, guys? How you doing? We're doing we're doing well, and uh, we're going to start this thing. Obviously, the Cowboys have uh, they open the season against the defending Super Bowl champs, and what most people I wouldn't say I'm not going to say most what a a large number of people believe may be one of the greatest quarterbacks or the greatest quarterback in the history of the NFL and Tom Brady. Check this out. I was looking at some of his numbers. Tom Brady last year was third in passing yards. He was second in attempts. He was tied for second in touchdowns. He was third in 20-plus yard passes. He was fourth in 40-plus yard passes. Is there anything that was that you saw in his game that would suggest he was declining even a bit that maybe in some alternate universe the Cowboys could exploit? Well, no, I mean, I think anytime you're 44, 45 years old, you're having to deal with different issues because you're older, you need more rest and recovery to be able to play. But he's playing at a high level, and we just don't see players at this age play at a high level. When I think about the Buccaneers' offense and how they like to push the ball down the field under Bruce Arians, look, it's, it's a tough matchup because it's not just him. It's the pieces around him. Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Antonio Brown. You then have Rob Gronkowski and O.J. Howard in the middle. They've done a really good job of surrounding him with the right kind of playmakers to allow him to play at a high level at his advanced age. Yeah, Tom Brady's awesome. I don't what. What have you, hey Bucky? What have you seen from the Cowboys' defense though? Like from their defensive tackle, defensive end rotation from what Dan Quinn is trying to do that's going to maybe get after him at all? Well, you know, the one thing is we really didn't get a chance to see what Dan Quinn wants to do because he was on the sideline due to COVID stuff. But based on what I got a chance to see in training camp, they'll have some unique packages where they can kind of throw some different things at Tom Brady to try and get him off his game. I think it will be interesting to see what does it look like when we finally get a chance to see Michael Parsons, Jalen Smith, Leighton Vander Esch on the field at the same time. How many of these sub-package sets and formations will they use 
where they have guys standing up and moving around and trying to disrupt the rhythm of the game. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to say this. Michael Parsons might end up being the linchpin of the Dallas Cowboys defense based on his versatility. How does Dan Quinn utilize his vast talents and his unique skill set to throw off what Tom Brady and the Buccaneers want to do? Okay, Buck. Uh, I mean, Tom Brady's great. He's awesome. He doesn't seem to be showing any sign of decline, but I can't help but think about how heavily the Buccaneers leaned on their running game during their run through the playoffs last year. And playoff Lenny, was that a was that an aberration? Because I don't remember their rushing attack being really all that impressive through most of the season. Did they just get clicking at the right time? I know their offensive line is fantastic. Just what's what's your opinion of that and where they go from here? Well, I mean, I think if you follow Tom Brady, you look at how they play, how he has always played in New England. They basically morphed into the New England Patriots at the end of the year. When you watch the Patriots play throughout the year, you see them start out. Tom Brady was slinging it all over the yard. But then come November, December, they kind of undergo a metamorphosis and become a power football team. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers basically followed that blueprint. And down the stretch, more traditional, old-school, heavy sets, running the football, allowing Tom Brady to throw off-play action, which is why he was able to take those shots. And then if they needed to, they could spread it out. I believe Tampa will kind of pick up where they left off. They'll try and run it. They'll try and grind it because it sets up play-action shots for Tom Brady. But then at the end, if you're stopping that, they'll open it up and they'll let Tom Brady do what he always does. I'm going to ride off that question a little bit, Bucky, and I, I know, obviously, you know of G, uh, Gio Bernard. Uh, he was a pickup for them as a free agent. Um, how much do you anticipate that uh, he will factor in what they want to do from a passing standpoint? Because he's a guy that has averaged 43 receptions per season with Cincinnati over the eight years that he's been in the league, had 47 receptions last year. So a pretty productive guy coming out of the backfield. That's more than the type of production that they were getting out of the two backs they had last year. How do you think he factors in and adds that extra dimension to that Tampa Bay offense? It's funny because the Tampa Bay offense is really the old New England Patriots offense, yeah. except Bruce Arians has signed off on it. So Gio Bernard will play the James White, mm-hmm. Shane Vereen, uh, Rex Burkhead role in this offense, meaning you'll see him screens, slip out option routes. They'll go empty and put him on the backside and let him work one-on-one against linebackers. And then occasionally he may touch it on a draw or delay or misdirection run, but he gives them that true pass-catching back out of the backfield, something they didn't have a year ago. Uh, when you were at training camp, did you see Trayvon Diggs making plays, or did you see him getting beat by C.D. Lamb because he covered him a lot? Um, <laughs> and, and if so, do you feel like he's the guy that has to match up with Evans, or do you just keep him on his side because there's going to be a good player over there? Yeah, no, I don't think you can match up and travel – against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, because if you travel him, there's still two other guys that can make plays. And Chris Godwin is terrific on the backside. He's been a Pro Bowl player. But I'm going to be honest with you. The guy who has the toughest matchup is the nickelback. Whoever has to check Antonio Brown is in for a long day because the Antonio Brown that I'm hearing when I talk to people down there, they're talking about, oh, this is the old A.B., the A.B. that used to get loose and used to dominate the league. The quickness is back. He had an off-season surgery to kind of clean up some issues he was having with his lower body, his legs. If that A.B. shows up, 
Good night trying to figure out how you're going to cover the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in space because each of their wide receivers can win their individual matchup. Cowboys got their own AB they'll throw on him. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> uh, I, I, I just asked you about the offensive line, Buck, but you know if I'm, I'm looking for a weak point, it's certainly not the quarterback. We already talked about the running backs. It's certainly none of their pass-catching options. Uh, Donovan Smith and Tristan Wirfs are obviously great, but do, do they have a weak point on their offensive line, and is there a guy on the Cowboys' front that you think can exploit it? Because I don't think I love the matchups at offensive tackle. No, I mean, I think the same blueprint and recipe to deal with Tom Brady exists. You have to pressure Tom Brady up the middle. It has to come up the gut because Tom Brady is immobile. And so when you bring pressure up the gut, what it does is it forces him to get off his spot. It makes him uncomfortable, and he tends to get rid of the ball sooner than he wants to because he doesn't want to get hit. So it's not necessarily an individual matchup. It's more Dan Quinn bringing pressure through the A-gaps, finding a way to create overloads and one-on-one matchups where he can attack Ali Marpet and Alex Kappa and see if those guys are up to the task. You have to bring the pressure up the middle where Tom Brady can see it and also feel it to disrupt his rhythm as a passer. All right, one more question for you here, Bucky. Uh, You were out there at training camp. You got a chance to watch the Cowboys. Based upon all you've seen that they've done in the offseason and the, the development of the players that were here last year that are still here, Outside of Parsons, because you already mentioned him, what area, player, specific thing that they're doing gives you any reason to believe that this defense will be better than they were last year? Number one thing is they're connected. Uh, Dan Quinn is holding those guys to a standard, and you can tell when you watch them practice that certain things have been communicated in meetings, and they continue to be communicated on the practice field. I see more effort. I see better execution because the defense appears to be simpler and I see guys playing fast also because it's really a mix of zone and man. I saw a ton of Cowboys getting their hands on the ball for a very young secondary. It's really important that you're very clear in your communication. I think Dan Quinn has clearly communicated the expectations. He's pared down the scheme to allow those guys to play fast. And with the assistance of Joe Witt Jr., I think everyone is a little more detailed, and that should produce better results. All right, Buck, we appreciate you, man. We'll be back with you on Friday so that we can uh, talk a little bit about the Cowboys' offense versus the Bucks' defense and get your predictions of what you think is going to happen opening night, Thursday night, next Thursday night against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We're going to take an early break. When we come back, we're going to get into the 53-man roster and talk to you guys about what we saw, what we think about the, the cuts that were made, and what we think might happen today as a result of some of those moves. We'll be right back. This is DallasCowboys.com Radio. Before there was a draft, you could size up a cowboy by three simple factors. The crease in his hat, the bend of his brim, and his unbending attitude. A man Stetson didn't just protect him from what life threw at him. It projected a rugged, unstoppable spirit. Stetson hats are still American-made with pride right here in Texas. They're still the unofficial crown of all self-respecting cowboys. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Find a retailer nearest you at Stetson.com cowboys. The Cowboys way, where 16 Hall of Famers and five championships shows us what success looks like, where turkey is always the second best part of Thanksgiving Day, where we are all defined by one single thing, the star. 
where we as fans know it's our job to keep the tradition going. Bank of America is proud to be the official bank of the Dallas Cowboys and to support the quest of living life the Cowboys way. Copyright 2020, Bank of America Corporation. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black? Right now, you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com slash cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com slash cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, 10 bucks. Free shipping. Honey, big news. Gary, are you okay? Oh, I'm not Gary anymore. I'm Jackie Flash. What? See, I want the latest smartphone, but the best deals are only for new customers. So to get a new customer deal, I changed my name to Jackie Flash. Okay, but the best smartphone deals at AT AT&T are for everyone, new and existing customers. That's huge. Then guess who's getting a deal? Is it Jackie Flash? Jackie Flash. It's not complicated. At AT&T, our best smartphone deals are for everyone. Restrictions apply. Visit att.com for details. Back to the break. The NFL Fan of the Year contest presented by Captain Morgan is back. We're relaunching the search for one extraordinary Cowboy fan who is a positive influence and inspires others through their love of the game. Nominate yourself or others for a chance to win a trip to Super Bowl 56 in Los Angeles. Nominate today at DallasCowboys.com slash fan of the year. Welcome back. Second segment of The Break Live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. Uh, we just finished our segment segment with Bucky Brooks. We're going to get back to a little more Cowboys Buccaneers talk a little later in the show. But now I want to talk about the cuts. Yesterday was cut day in the NFL. Not a popular day. It's a tough day for a lot of players. It, it for a lot of players, is it signifies the end of their career. Um, and so it's not a not a positive day, but something that teams have to do, obviously, to get down to that 53-man roster. My first question for you guys were, was there anything that was notable or even surprising as you saw the names that, that were on the list of, of cuts? Surprising, no. Notable, yes, just in the sense that it's the most uh, disjointed and unfinalized roster I've ever seen them put together, just in the sense of everything that is still to happen, which is probably yeah. a solid 15% of the roster. There's six injury guys that they've got to find something to do with, five COVID guys that have to come off at some point, uh, and a handful of other things they got to do. So, I mean, it's really just the jumping off point. Yeah, it's this is the league has changed to the point where it's just a two day thing now. I mean, it's really more than that. It's three or four days because of what's happened with with the COVID um, list. I mean, I think the Cowboys. I'm not saying they're using the list. I'm just saying because of the way it stands right now, they'll probably go up until Wednesday or Thursday before we really get an idea of what this roster is going to look like. There are guys not on the roster that that are going to go in your first two rounds of your NFL fantasy draft. I mean that that's how good that they are. They're not even on the roster right now. And then then there's guys that are on the roster that will probably be on the practice squad. Mm-hmm. So it's just it's just kind of a tricky thing to, to figure it out. But like surprise, like yeah, I mean you'd like to. I mean you'll see a deep snapper on the team. That I mean, they're going to snap the ball, you know, this year. And you know Matt Farniak, Kamara. Can't imagine them. Being on the fifty-three, but, but they year. are, but as, they, of but they are as of right now, and maybe they are. I don't, I don't know. They so, might be, but it's yeah. Uh, there's, it's, there's, it's just, there's a moving. lot of stuff that's gonna. So, I mean, just to break it down a little more clearly, um, Sean McCune's gonna go to injured reserve. 
Josh Ball's going to go to injured reserve. Francis Bernard is going to go to injured reserve. Neville Gallimore. I think there's six in total. Um, Malik Turner and Joseph. Kelvin Joseph probably as well. So that's six guys that are going to come off. And there's about five COVID guys. Uh, so that makes sense. But they They're going to come on. That about four, four will come on probably this week, yeah, including C. Noah, C- Noah C- Brown just went on. That yeah. was that they just kind of snuck that in there on yeah. roster day. So Noah will probably be gone longer than everybody else. Everybody else should be back by the end of the week. Here's the surprise that I saw on the list because there's there's it used to just be here are the cuts and that's it. Yeah. Now there's 26 lists, no different lists that you go <laughs> on. The one that that kind of surprised me was just. Uh, Chauncey Golston passed his, you know, physical, and he's on the team. Like, yeah, just like that, like just, yep, yep. he's here, he's back. Yeah, so Which that's I, good. I back. looked into this. I thought maybe they could put him off, take him off pup, and put him right on IR. Apparently, they can't do that. Yeah. So he's just he's there. They thought you know they can bring. Um, they thought he'd be ready faster than the six weeks he would be gone if they put him on pup. But I'm just going to go ahead and guess we can write him onto the game day and active. At least for a little while. Yeah, he's your active. Yeah, he guaranteed for like a month. Yeah. Um, but he's on the team. Um, but I'm curious. I think there's seven DNs on the roster right now, and so I'm. I got my eye on Bradley and I. I got my eye on uh, Azur Kamara. Yeah. Which it's a really cool story for him that he made the initial 53. But I won't be surprised if that's not the case by the end of the week. Uh, yeah. Like just a lot of moving parts. Yeah, I was telling Nick, you were mentioning that you were a little surprised by Kamara as well. But my thought was, you know, he has a, a – his body is, to me, seems a little different than a typical defensive end. He looks a little leaner. You could maybe see him running down on special teams. Maybe that's a role for him there. And and maybe they needed that with some of the guys that maybe they won't have that they thought they were going to have running down. So who knows how they're going to use him and, and how they evaluate his special teams play and how that may have, yeah. may have contributed to him being on the roster right now as opposed to being off the roster, right? Yeah. Um, that being said, um, what, what guys, I guess, that are not on the roster right now are you expecting will be back uh, come tomorrow or whatever, whenever they make those final moves? For practice squad? Oh, oh, like the release guy, like a yeah, Darian Thompson? Yeah, like a Darian Thompson, those kind of guys. I could see Thompson. I could see uh, Hamilton, maybe. Yeah, Justin um, Hamilton. Who else? McQuaid. I mean, Jake yeah, McQuaid. He's is, the first one. He's probably <laughs> They need a long, a long snapper. Yeah, right, yeah. Right, yeah. yeah. I just wonder how that is for a veteran guy. I mean, to just be released, you know, like it probably doesn't sit well. Nobody wants that, even if they're coming back, even if it's a technicality. It just depends on how it's approached. Yeah. Like if 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 there's a sit down and it's like, okay, man, we're, we're gonna cut you, but this is just procedural. We'll be back at the end of the week. Yeah. Then, I guess so. You know, I, I think it's probably like, all right, I'm I'm fine. It's I'm not fine like here. you have options. Right. I'm I'm fine here. I'm yeah. good. But but yeah, I, if you're if you're the sensitive type, it might yeah <laughs> might not feel good. I think for a long snapper, maybe it feels better than if you're like Darian Thompson. You know, it's like well. They would. They didn't cut Jaron Curse. They could have done that just as easily. Right, but they you know, me. they think yeah. maybe they think the least of me. Where with a long snapper, it's like you know we need you. We know we need you. Like there's not other. T- yeah. Or the flip side to that, you could just be happy that they're going to bring me back. So I'm going to have a job. Yeah, like for that. Sure. That part of it probably is like okay, sure. I'm good. Now you're probably sitting on pins and needles a little bit until they actually do it because you're like you just never know in the NFL what will happen. But uh, but yeah, I think you're probably a little probably a little bit grateful that you're at least going to have an opportunity to come back. Um, that all being said, let's talk about one player in particular that was cut. Uh, that is not that was not cut from the Cowboys roster, but uh, my question for you guys is should the Cowboys maybe consider taking a look at him? One Cam Newton cut from uh, New England. We have talked 
uh, probably more than any other, not more than any other position, but it's been one of the major positions we've talked about, particular to the the, the backup quarterback. Um, do you think the Cowboys should go out and take a look at Cam Newton? Yes, yeah. absolutely, absolutely. Take a look for they sure. They should definitely take a look at, at his situation. Should they sign him? They got well, quiet then. Depends on the look because it, it to me to me it depends and, and I, we answered both of us answered this mailbag question okay. and I think you got completely different answers so you you're gonna that doesn't it, shock me well no yeah. but but you're gonna get different aspects of it for me I'm looking at like what what the question that I'm asking is is are you ready to be a backup because it looks like he tweeted some things about QB one and all this stuff which didn't really. You know, I guess Belichick didn't like that on his Twitter or whatever because, you know, it doesn't doesn't matter um, what they think. He's not a QB one there. Is he going to be a QB one? Does he still feel like he can be? And is this a good role? Because being the backup is not just being ready; it's also being supportive of the guy in front of you. And you know, the Cowboys have to decide: is this a good situation for him to be in? Is this good for? The whole team. If mm-hmm. Dak throws an interception, are we, we we looking? Are we looking at goal line packages for him? To, I don't know. I mean, I'm just saying. I, I don't know if it's a great fit. And for and we always frame this in terms of like, should the Cowboys do it? Does Cam Newton want to right. do that? Like that, Cam Newton is a league MVP. He's been a star in this league for a decade. His whole thing is Superman. He was the man. He's arguably the greatest college quarterback I've ever seen. Uh, what, uh, sorry, Texas. Whatever. Um, he's in, he's been the man since he was like 18 yeah. years old. Is he probably ready, younger than that? Is he yeah. ready to just be like, yeah, I'll stand on the sideline and clap for Dak and help him game plan? You know, I don't I don't know. He might he might say retirement's better than that, yeah. or you know, whatever whatever situation might exist in the league where he could conceivably be a starter again. And it's not here unless Dak gets hurt. So I don't know if he's ready for that. Um, on my from my standpoint, is he vaccinated? I, I I I'm sorry if people you know it's none of my business to ask or whatever. It's the Cowboys' business to ask. It's the Cowboys' business to say, is it a good idea to be bringing you around the most valuable asset in our franchise and having you sit in meetings room with meeting rooms with him all day every day? I think that is paramount. Uh, Do you think that's going to affect his ability to yes. get a job anywhere? In yes. The league? And it'll be, yeah. you know, yeah. I mean, teams are going to – well, I should take that back because Urban Meyer had no problem saying that it was <laughs> – Well, he's recanted that yeah, this morning. Yeah, uh, Quickly recanted, recanted that Rookie this mistakes. Yeah. But privately, away from microphones, everybody in the league is going to check the vex- vaccination status of everybody that they're going to bring in. And again, like, the fun part about the way that the NFL has designed all of this is we don't even have to get into the debate – the stupid debate of whether or not it's a good idea to take the vaccine and blah, blah, blah. The rules are what they are, regardless of what you think of it. And it the league has made it drastically harder for unvaccinated players. Mm-hmm. The waiting time to get into a team. You know, we saw that with Malik Hooker, the protocol that he had to go through. He wasn't available to do stuff mm-hmm. for a week after he signed. Mm-hmm. The frequency of testing. Um, what you're you know, like the traveling you're allowed to do. This whole snafu with New England started because he went to Atlanta to get his ankle checked out. But there's way more involved in that if you're mm-hmm. not vaccinated mm-hmm. in terms of how hard it is to do that. So life is just a giant pain in the ass if you're not vaccinated. And and then you get into the fact of 
And I know that vaccinated people can pick it up and, and spread it as well, but it's way harder. Like all mm-hmm. of the numbers suggest that. Right. So on top of it being a pain in the ass. And by the way, you also don't end up in hospitals in most instances sure. or dead in most instances. So that's also a good thing. Yeah. And so do you just, do you want to invite all of that into the quarterback room? The extra pain in the butt, the thought that Cam could be gone for 10 days at a moment's notice, and the fact that it's substantially easier based on everything we know for him to potentially contract it and maybe spread spread it it to your best player uh no thanks sorry yeah uh, if he's if he's vaccinated if he if he has gotten it since camp started or if he decides to absolutely if he's ready to come in and be a backup but that's that's line one for me, yeah. quote Jason Garrett. To be honest with you, I think it's kind of a moot point for the Cowboys just because I will be shocked if we get four or five weeks into the season and Cam Newton isn't a isn't on a team and looking at the possibility of being a starter. And the reason why I say that is because, as we all know, in the, in the game of football, there are going to be injuries. We know that. That is a certainty. Some team is going to lose their starting quarterback here in the first few weeks of the season. When that happens – you look around right now, and the quarterbacks that are out there on the on the on the free agent uh, list, he's one of the few that actually have the credentials that he has. So, to me, yeah. I don't see a scenario where he would where he would subject himself to being the backup yet, because there's still going to be opportunities for him as a starter. I love when this happens. We can actually we can solve this live. Um, <laughs> Just like that. Tom Pelissero has is one of the reporters that has access to the waiver claims as they happen. Yeah. Dallas has claimed Will Greer. Here we go. Uh the third round. Nick, you mentioned that. No. Third round. Yesterday you did. You came off as I mentioned that. I I mentioned never heard it. of the guy. I don't oh, I oh well maybe it was you. I keep y'all confused all the time. I look kinda like go I mean, ahead. Where, I don't remember him at all. Like, I you know? love uh I love connecting these dots. He was the West Virginia quarterback? Uh-oh. West West Virginia by way of Florida. Oh, we came went to Florida first. Where I just his, know he kicked our butts at where West Virginia. His offensive coordinator was who for a year? Doug Nussmeyer. Ah. So you love to see the way that these dots get connected. Ah. Uh, he was a top 100 pick for the Panthers. From what I heard, didn't have a great camp. Obviously, he got waived in favor of their backup, whose name escapes me right now. Yeah. Um, so I'm not sitting here telling you he lit the world on fire or he wouldn't have been available. But but I like him as a development guy, yeah, right? Yeah, he had, he had top 100 talent. Uh, this will be his third year in the league. He's got experience with Nussmeyer, which I bet plays a factor into mm-hmm. this. So, yeah, now Cam Newton coming here seems even less likely than it already did. Yep. But and- I I don't think that was going to happen anyway. And I, I look at that more as that, that sign, signing to me or that claim to me is really more about replacing the role that maybe Danucci had where it, he may be now now you don't bring back a Danucci to your practice squad he becomes the guy that's on your practice squad that you try to develop and you see where it goes and maybe in a few years you see if he's actually developed into a player well but when you claim a guy off waivers he's on your roster he doesn't right. go to practice squad well but squad. i'm saying they could still move him around like I, my assumption is my assumption is I, well i'll put it like this i would be again i would be shocked if they roll into week two, three, four, with three quarterbacks on the active roster. Would you guys not be? With with Will Greer being here now, I think that seems like a certainty. If I'm not mistaken, if you claim a guy, you have to keep him for three weeks, three right? Weeks. Three so, weeks. So they yeah. can't do anything with him. And I, I just I, think he's not ready to no, come and the, yeah, the back. Yeah, he's not going to really no. do anything for you. That's so what I'm he, saying. Like, long term, like Maybe he has to stay there for three weeks. I would be shocked they held him there all season, right? 
I, Doesn't that seem a little yeah, bit? Yeah, you wouldn't expect three quarterbacks on the roster right. all year, especially if you get to a situation where you need it. But as it stands right now, I mean, they, they've got a lot of things working for them that they can they can have three quarterbacks on the roster right now. I would bet they keep. I don't. I think they keep three for at least the first half of the season or so. Like you're not even going to know what you have in Greer for a month or more. Yeah. He just got here. He's going to need – and he's not going to get a ton of practice time anyway. You have to keep him because of the waiver claim. And I assume they claimed him because they thought they wouldn't be able to get him otherwise. So I just – I would imagine they'll be going with three quarterbacks for a while at least. Hmm. That'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see once this all shakes out. You're right. It, it was – like this is not what typically happens on cut day. You kind of know – that what happened is what's going to happen, other than obviously filling yeah. in your your practice squad. But there's a lot of moving parts still. Yeah, well, and, and anything can happen. But it kind of seems like if they're going to do that, then that's probably it. Because for now, because you sign any of these other, you know, we have a list of what 10, 12 veteran guys that were cut. CC he was he was waived, which means he, yeah. you know, they claimed him off waivers. But there was veteran quarterbacks, probably ten or ten or twelve, that were released. And if you're going to bring one of those guys in and Greer, now you got two guys that don't know, don't know what doing, the yeah. offense and, and all that. So it doesn't seem likely now that they're going to do that. It seems like Cooper Rush is the backup. And Jerry actually mentioned that on his call yesterday with the fan. He said, you know, you, the way you have to think about it is Cooper Rush has been here for a while. Right. He knows this offense. So if you're replacing him, you're kind of setting yourself back at least in the beginning, with regards to having somebody really ready to step in and take over. So, yeah, I think that's probably the the, the general theme at this point is that what you have at quarterback is probably what you're going to have for the foreseeable future. If they were gonna, if they were going to replace Cooper Rush as the backup, it would be with a Cam Newton type of player. And even then, you probably want to give Cam a few weeks to get yeah. up to speed on a completely new offense. But and so I think this only. Emphasizes that you know Cooper Rush is the backup at least for I think the, probably the first half of the season realistically. And they have to make a roster move and, and it hasn't been announced yet. I mean that claim's gone through. Um, we're kind of in, in talking with our you know PR department right now to figure out what the what the corresponding move is. They yeah. got to do something, and I'm sure they have um, turned it into the league. We just we, we're not aware of what they've done just yet. So that's you know it could be one of those guys getting released. Um, it could be, you know, I, I don't. I mean, there, there's a, there's a lot of things, um, you know, that they that they can do with this roster. And so I, I would think three o'clock today, we're going to have a much better idea of what this roster will look like. All right, we're going to take our final break. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about Tampa Bay's offense versus the Dallas defense. We'll also take some calls. Call us eight 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 five five two two nine seven. Again, it's eight 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 five five two two nine seven. We'll be right back. This is DallasCowboys.com radio. Hi, I'm Clint Tillerson with United Ag and Turf. Before you can park yourself in front of the game, park yourself in a John Deere and power through your chores. Our Land Run package is a 1025R, 25-horsepower tractor with a loader, rotary cutter, and a box blade for $229 a month. And the price you see is the price you'll pay. No surprises. So don't miss another kickoff. Visit unitedagandturf.com. Offer ends February 1st, 2021. Restrictions apply. See dealer for details. Now let's get to work. Honey, big news. Gary, are you okay? Oh, I'm not Gary anymore. I'm Jackie Flash. What? See, I want the latest smartphone, but the best deals are only for new customers. So to get a new customer deal, I changed my name to Jackie Flash. Okay, but the best smartphone deals at AT AT&T are for everyone, new and existing customers. That's huge. Then guess who's getting a deal? Is it Jackie Flash? Jackie Flash. 
It's not complicated. At AT&T, our best smartphone deals are for everyone. Restrictions apply. Visit att.com for details. New Dr. Pepper Zero Sugar. You deserve it. I do deserve that. You deserve decadent flavor without sugar. And a day at the beach without sand getting everywhere. And a relaxing bath that your children don't interrupt. I deserve all that? It's really just a visual metaphor for Dr. Pepper Zero Sugar. Everything you want, nothing you don't. A visual metaphor on the radio. I do deserve that. Dr. Pepper Zero Sugar. The zero you deserve is finally here. Before there was a draft, you could size up a cowboy by three simple factors. The crease in his hat, the bend of his brim, and his unbending attitude. A man Stetson didn't just protect him from what life threw at him. It projected a rugged, unstoppable spirit. Stetson hats are still American-made with pride right here in Texas. They're still the unofficial crown of all self-respecting cowboys. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Find a retailer nearest you at stetson.com slash cowboys. Back to the break. Get the ultimate fan experience for the ultimate Cowboys fan. You can join Dallas Cowboys United, presented by Globe Life, at just $20. Join now, get your fan pack, exclusive benefits, and more. Visit DallasCowboys.com slash United for details to join today. Welcome back. Final segment of The Break, live from SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. Let's talk some Tampa Bay Buccaneers versus Dallas Cowboys. That happens this thir- next Thursday night. Kick off the NFL season. On paper, you look at this Tampa Bay offense, you look at this Dallas defense, and... It seems like it's going to be a very, very daunting task based upon what you saw from both units last season. That all being said, based and I asked Bucky this question earlier. I'm interested to see what you guys have to say about it. Based on what Dallas has done this offseason, how convinced are you uh, that they will be better this year? I'm not convinced. I'm, I'm just not. I mean, I don't know why we would we, we would be convinced. I mean, really, because convinced is a, is a – Strong word, you know, I'm, and I'm just not. I've seen I've seen this play out too many times. I've seen the defensive coordinator that's like, oh man, this guy's good. This guy's got it. He, he figures it out, and you know, I mean, he it looked better than what we've seen. But you know, like Bucky said, from what what we saw in the in the you know training camp and their guys getting their hands on the ball and all that stuff, did they did they face a number one quarterback at all? I mean, a few days of Dak, and then that's it. They didn't face one in the preseason. They didn't face any starting quarterback other than Trevor Lawrence, mm-hmm. and that didn't look good. But they had the, they didn't have the starters in there. But they the starters have not faced a number one quarterback, and now they're going to face the best quarterback in the history of the of the league. So no, I'm not convinced of anything. I am convinced that they'll be better in the sense that it's almost impossible for them to be worse. I mean, how many times in all of your years watching football have you seen a pro defense surrender two separate 300-yard rushing performances, mm-hmm. which they did? Um, so Nick I, and I went to it. Yeah, 2000. I didn't say it's never happened. No, I know, but I'm how just saying times. that year was pretty bad, and yeah. last year was pretty bad. Yeah, and, yeah. It yeah. Was, was it better in 01? That's the thing. It's probably like a little better, but not like. They were they still bad? Yeah, but they that draft like it, I I yeah. don't think they got a player even close to what they got right this this it, draft. But go true, ahead, true. it would yeah. just I it would be statistically hard to be worse. And, and but that's that's as much as I'm willing to say. I you know I'm excited about Micah. Mm-hmm. Some of the you know I uh, I I noticed this yesterday. Doesn't mean they're good. Does not mean they're good. 
but they didn't cut any of their free agent signings. You know, mm. there was no haha Clinton Dix, there yeah. was no Jasper Brinkley. The guys that they've brought in, they think can have a role. Brent Urban, Carlos Watkins, J. Ron O'Neill. I know. Poe, yeah. po, but Poe and Worley made the team last year. So yeah. does not mean that they're good. <laughs> right, right, right. Good point. Does not. But it's at least a step in the right direction that they didn't have to and they, cut any of those guys. They didn't guys. cut a draft pick either, right? Uh, not yet. I think that could still happen. Yeah, it could happen. No, all 11 made the team. Which... Farniak. You know, I, like, I'm I'm still surprised Semi Fajoko made the team. I am. I just I didn't see him make a play so or do I, anything. I actually looked this up. We know, we know that they like to protect their draft, but I was actually stunned. I'm, I was stunned when I looked it up how much the lengths that they really go to to protect their draft. Will took over in 2014. Will McClay. Will McClay, sorry. If you listen to this show, you know who Will is. Well, we just signed. We just Will claimed Will Greer. Greer. Oh, boy. Okay. <laughs> sorry. Um, <laughs> we he, just complicated. He things. took over eight seconds ago. <laughs> They've made 70 picks with Will running the draft process. And all but 10 have made the team as rookies. And of the 10 that they have cut in that time span, seven of the 10 were seventh-round picks. Okay, so, so my so question three. would be... The other three, oh, the other three, sixth round pick Rico Gathers, who they gave a lot of money to to yeah. keep him around. That's right. So that's that's almost like cheating. That's an asterisk. Yeah. yeah. Uh, sixth round pick Marquez White from a few years ago. Hang on, I put this in a tweet last night. Oh, I know night. the third one. Who's the third? It's got to be the fifth round pick. It's got to be a Michael Jackson. Oh yeah, you're right. Yes, Hi. it was Michael. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Who, who they wanted to bring back on the practice squad, and he he's one of the he very had, no, few guys. He made it to the practice squad. I looked this up oh, last he night. He it. got claimed off the practice squad later in the season, oh, but okay. he did make it initially. Michael Jackson. Um, so, and then there were five. Chaz Green, Martin Zacha, Jalen Smith, Cedric Wilson, and Connor McGovern all were placed on season-ending lists. Like, they didn't have rookie seasons, but they were obviously still on the team. We so, know Chaz Green played. If you get drafted <laughs> if you get drafted before the seventh round, they're going to do their best to keep you. That's a great stat. But, but here's yeah. a great but, story. But here's, what, but here's what I think is missing from that. A great story, but here's what I think is missing from that is you didn't normalize it for me. What is that? Oh, look I don't know. Like? I don't have time to right. look at the well, other but teams. My, but in the my league. point is, but my point is, if if that number that, that number is what it is, but what we don't know is, are teams out there? Do they keep more than that? Do they keep less? Is this right there at the no. average? And this is what typically happens with teams because you're trying to infuse young talent don't, and don't. you're trying to keep young talent around to develop them. But we don't have to normalize it we, because we're not worried about them. We'll, no, I but, know we're not. No, but, no, but when we, I'm, all I'm saying is when we get to training camp and we're talking about guys, we need to put more emphasis on that number because it's this team. Understood. Understood. I guess what I'm trying and what I was trying to glean from that. It's just from my own personal knowledge. Like, do the Cowboys protect their draft more than other teams? Oh, that's right. where I was going with that. that. I, I don't know. I think the whole league protects their drafts because that's, that's what how I you think, keep but, salary down. Right. But, and that's why, you know, when a guy, I'll, I, first, this is burned into my brain because he wound up here. Vince Maley was a fourth round pick for um, Cleveland a few years ago, and they cut him as a rookie. And it was like headline news. That just doesn't happen. Like, if you're picked in the, like, it's rare to see a guy picked that early get cut as a rookie. Like fourth round picks yeah. make the team because you don't want to admit that a guy you took that highly right. sucks. Um, so I don't know the numbers for the rest of the league. But to Nick's point, I said it all throughout the offseason. I was like, yeah, if you're a fifth round pick, that doesn't mean you're safe. History Maybe indicates it that it does yeah. mean you're safe. We're gonna yeah. we're gonna write that story yeah. uh, at some point. You know, like going into like next year or, or whatever. I mean, it's it's really it's it's yeah. really good to know that because. But but to me, the second year 
I mean, like, oh, all bets are off. But 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 are they like? This is what I want to know: is was was Bradley and I? Is he that much better than Rondell Carter, or is he better at all? You know, I hope it, you know if it's close, they'll probably go with with the you know the draft pick. But I mean, they're probably very happy to put Reggie Robinson on IR for the season because they didn't want to have to cut a fourth round right. pick who wasn't going to make this team. Yeah. Right. Not, he was, he no, was at the bottom. He was near no the bottom chance. of your depth chart there yeah. at that position. Yeah. But now, you know, he comes back. He goes to training camp. He gets cut next year. You know, it's three years removed from the training from the draft, and it's like, man, it's, I do, it's too small of a sample size because it's only two years. But since McCarthy got here, they kept their whole class last year, including Ben DiNucci, and they <laughs> kept this, which they might still cut Farniak, or they could even, maybe they could cut Simi. I kind of doubt it, but. That's so eighteen straight rookies yeah. making the team. Interesting. Yeah, definitely. Getting back to the conversation on the Bucks and, uh, oh, yeah, and the sorry. Cowboys. No, that's fine. That was a good detour. That's a detour we're taking. Um, outside of Michael Parsons, though, uh, what's the most convincing thing that you can give fans uh, hopes that the Cowboys will be better? Like, name a player or a position or something. You're looking that at me like I've got something to say. That, that, I don't. That can give maybe. fans a reason to believe that maybe they are better than they were last year. What player other than Micah Parsons on defense are you excited about? Uh, <laughs> I think it's Randy Gregory. Uh, I mean, I, I am. I'm so excited about Randy, but I'm not ready to just assign him that status. You know, like... They're going to be going against JPP and Shaquille Barrett. Tampa fans have every reason to believe that that is a fearsome duo among the best in the league. I'm excited about Tank and Randy. I'm not ready to be like, oh, yeah. Especially Tampa's tackles are great. Yeah. Donovan Smith and Tristan Wirfs. I mean, Tristan Wirfs was like all pro as yeah. a rookie. Like, I'm not ready to just be like, yeah, Brady's going to spend the whole night on the ground. I'm not ready to say that at all. Well, you're forgetting Dorrance Armstrong. Of, of course, but by the way, by the way, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not ex- expecting. I don't think, and that's yeah. why I've been wording these wor- these questions the way I have. It would be foolish not to recognize the fact that this defense is coming off one of the worst performances in club history. So to think that they're all of a sudden going to be among the best defenses in the league, I think, is foolish. But I don't think that that doesn't mean they can't be improved. Mm-hmm. And that's where I'm trying to figure out is where are the areas where you can see some level of improvement? You you talk about players that, that you're like, well, maybe that could be – like I look at a Trayvon Diggs and I'm like, if he's better, which we see the trajectory that he could be better, if he's better, maybe that's an area where you could see something. I do think the safeties – I think the safeties are better than your safeties last year. That doesn't mean they're great. It means I think they're better than they were last year. So that's what I'm I looking for is what are those areas I, where you could see – Areas where they could be better. I got, I got one on right. third and seven, third and eight. On the when they get to the nickel, I think that Keanu Neal and Micah Parsons will be better uh, in the linebacker position. Those guys will be better. I yes. think with having Randy Gregory on the outside, I think some of the pass rushing combinations that they have, Dorrance can help with there with that. I think when you put your safeties back there, I think they can get off the field better than they have before, mainly because of those linebackers on nickel. We don't have to pile on Jalen Smith. It's it's a dead horse. No point to it. Yeah. But um, Prescott pylon. I, I don't pylon Prescott. Don't like that nickname at all. Doug Nussmeyer, go back to the well and try again. I just. Um, that's so, a bit of, that's that's a bit of corniness. That's all I can been, remember. Mm-hmm. Kind of running ramp uh-huh. <laughs> through the building over the last few weeks. I think. But um, 
I that this defense they're going don't know if they're going to be better. They're going to be a lot faster and a lot more athletic. When you add Micah Parsons to the mix and Keanu Neal, a former safety playing linebacker, and you hopefully take a guy who's not fast enough to be a star at this level, take him off the field more often. Uh, that's that's going to make a big difference, I think. Um, so yeah, like I think I said that that was our other mailbag question. I was like just. Just get to the ball quickly and confidently. That's real. Like that is like the baseline expectation for this defense. And if they do it with more regularity than they did last year, they should be a lot better. Yeah, a lot, a lot better. Meaning middle of the pack instead of just <laughs> absolutely the worst. Yeah. I, and you can be middle of the pack if your offense is special. If the offense is special, like we think it can be, your defense can be considered middle of the pack. That could be good enough if your offense is special. Well, I will say this, though. I think a lot of the things I saw last year that were problems with this defense were just basically mistakes, mental mistakes, guys not being where they're supposed to be. Mm -hmm. I I don't think it was a lot of, I was in the right spot, I just got run over, or I just missed the tackle. Or I think a lot of it was guys just out of place. And and so I think if you can get that part right, I think this defense takes a jump. Like Now, if you're at the bottom of the league, that jump might get you to 22 (laughs) <laughs> you're still yeah. not at the top half of the league, but you're better. And that's where I, I think there's room to grow here, regardless of what, what else you think of this defense and what they've done. I just laugh. Be, and, I, you know, some listeners give me flack because – and I agree. Like, sometimes I tend to, like, overinflate the opposition. Like, I just always think that yeah. opponent is way you're better. You're pessimistic. Yeah. Yeah, I am. Yeah. Well, they, especially when you don't give me well, a reason to be optimistic. Just in life, you're a pessimistic kind of person. I am. At, I think of myself as a realist, but <laughs> sure. Um but the opponent is funny. Like, I, this isn't college football where you get to tune up against little sisters of the poor. <laughs> right. But there are opponents on this schedule that I'd feel way better, particularly on defense. You know, like, if the Dallas defense, if you were getting Carolina in week one, I'd be like, all right, yeah, yeah. let's see where this goes. And maybe they'll do this better. And but you can like, ease into this thing. Yeah. You just look down Tampa's depth chart and you're like, <laughs> That's going to be a problem. That's going to be a problem. That's going to be a problem. And Tampa's got a great defense, too. Yeah. But I'm a lot more. Maybe op- even better than the offense. I'm a lot more optimistic about the Dallas offense being able to get some wins, whereas I'm just like, well, we don't feel good about the secondary, and this is the probably the best receiver core in the league. I know Dallas has something to say about it, but if Antonio Brown is really back to who he was, that's terrifying. Yeah, it is. Tom Brady speaks for himself. The line speaks for itself. Like, if you did it player by player, you wouldn't. I don't think you would take a Dallas player across the entire matchup, probably. Yeah. So yeah, that's that, just. This is as tough as it gets in terms of opening the season with a brand new staff and a brand new everything. Yeah, that's going to be a wrap for us uh, <laughs> for today. It's a good way to wrap it up. Sorry, this, sorry Friday, to bring the mood down. We will be back on Friday, and we are going to talk about the Cowboys' offense versus the Tampa defense. And all that, although that defense is really good, I agree with you. I think there are some matchups where maybe the Cowboys can find some some ways to move the ball and hopefully and generate some points because this might be a game where they have to generate a lot of points in order to win. We'll talk about that on Friday. Till then, for Nick Eatman. Dave Hellman. I'm Derek Eagleton. This has been The Break live on DallasCowboys.com radio. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!